What's up, y'all? My name is T. Shaw, and this is Brewing Black Podcast, where the contents we serve you is authentic, vulnerable, and relatable. That means we serve you with no cream and no sugar. I guess I like my coffee black. Yo, 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 this is Scholar P checking in, pronouns he, him, his. And it's your boy T-Shaw, pronouns he, him, his. And this is Broom Black, giving you all the latest in black news and entertainment for our intellectuals, our millennials, and those who like their information, just like we like our news. Black. (laughs) T, how you feeling, man? Man, I am just glad to be back on air. Every time we take a week off, it just feels like something is missing in my week. Um, we usually still catch up. We usually still like stay in touch, but I feel like our brewers miss out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a good week. Um, I had a hectic day, but shout out to the spade, spade and neuter project LA. They got my boy Deuce right. He got his shots, so Deuce is going to be out in the streets. But I don't know if we are. I, bro, I don't know if you've seen. Um, I just saw California is bringing back their mask mandate. So it's like, I feel like life is, we're slowly kind of getting back to this lockdown. Um, that's kind of, it's sad, bro, because I feel like summer just finally got to us. We finally got outside. Man, look, look, and, and you know, the crazy part about it, too, is, you know, I, my, my birthday is literally less than a week away and my birthday celebration is next weekend. And so I'm thinking about I'm thinking about that, too. And I'm like, you know, I didn't I didn't book the spots. I didn't pay the money. <laughs> so they're going to give me my money back and if, if the outside shuts down. That's that's the first thing I go to. But in all seriousness, you know, I never stop wearing my my matches because I don't trust I don't trust people like that. You know what I'm saying? I, people were walking around reckless you know during the pandemic and after california opened back up mm-hmm. and so you know it, it's it's gonna i think in some ways it's gonna be more the same for me but i think it's sort of sad because everybody was like you said getting comfortable with being outside all the time yeah. um and and was really taking advantage of that you know this past weekend i was in miami um and fort lauderdale shout out to all my uh, Miami folks and Fort Lauderdale people who held me down. Uh, the city took good care of me, and um, it's it's just crazy that you know, you know, uh, society could be looking at going back back inside. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we sort of get um, a, a a grip on this this variant stuff soon because I, I would hate to see businesses and organizations and people who are thriving by being outside sort of start to go have to go back into hiding again, mm-hmm. um, shutting down again. So, you know, our our positive energy prayers whatever you believe in up towards that that in, in the universe um and we'll have to see what happens man but um yeah i i'm i'm excited and, and just happy to be alive Absolutely. um I, I think today i was it was it was very productive yeah, at the same time it was very like it, it exhausting but it felt good to get all this uh, so much stuff done so mm. you know i'm ready to get into it brother same bro same so before we jump in, let me do the land acknowledgements. This is the land of the Yabralino and the Tongva. This is stolen land. This is colonized land. And we will always, always, always pay those respects. Absolutely, T. Absolutely. Um, and, and so to get us started, man, this this episode is, is a, there's a lot going on, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we're, we're starting off a, a little bit serious um, because, you know, in, in recent news, I, I believe this actually, this uh, audio was actually released today, but um, there was a call made by uh, someone who's involved with Rich, with uh, football player, Richard Sherman. Um, and, you know, I think things got a little hectic. Um, and we want you all to sort of listen uh, to the clip because we, we definitely because it's it's been getting popular on social media. Um, and we want to sort of go over our thoughts. But T, why don't you play us a little snippet of, of that audio? Absolutely. 911, what are you reporting? Um, I, I, I need I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and blue dirt. Stop, stop. Um, What's the address? Are there any is, weapons? Stop. We, are there we any, took, we took, to no, me. there's no gun. I'm, I'm saying there are no weapons, ma'am. There are, no, there are no weapons. You need to stop interrupting me so I can get the information I need to get officers expedited. I need officers here now. 
What's he doing that, that you think he's going to harm he's, himself? He's being, he's, he's being aggressive. He has sent text messages. I took the I took the keys out. They're in your car. He's trying to leave now in the house. He's being aggressive. He's wrestling with my uncle. He's threatening to kill himself. He has sent text messages to people saying he's going to hang himself. He okay. I just wanted to play a quick snippet. Um, it, it gets a little bit more explicit. Um, so this woman that called is his uh, wife. Um, she just a little context. She was at um, her parents' home, I think, with the kids as well. Um, the situation never got physical between them. I think at some point he ended up wrestling uh, either her uncle or her dad. Um, and he, they, she goes on to talk about uh, how he was just really drunk. Um, I think consumed maybe uh, two bottles of alcohol, like two fifths of alcohol. Um, but later on in the audio, she goes on to tell um, the operator that, hey, look, like this is a black man. This is Richard Sherman. And I want you to know that right now he might be suicidal. So we're trying to avoid a situation where it's like suicide by police because we know how quick the police is um, in pulling the trigger. So it was giving that heads up and that, that heads up might have really saved his life. But I think also is really being able to pay attention to how. Um, condescending this operator was like I think when someone is to be trained in uh, a situation for this right like you're handling 911 calls no one's calling 911 because they're they're completely calm and completely rational and have all the right things but it's like the lady it just was rude like she's like you need to stop interrupting me and it's like let the woman tell her story and then you can you can ask these different questions based on the information that you didn't get on the things that she's telling you and it's like you, you you hear how tense it was. And she's like, no, there's no weapons like like. But like, let me tell you what's going on and then follow up. So, yeah, I, I really just wanted to be able to talk about this because it's like we, we talk about the institution of policing and it's not just police officers. Right. It, it, it starts at the dispatch. It starts at the call and the person that's logging that information, the person that's dispatching these officers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think you. Or, you know, because you really talk about this idea of like urgency. Right. And how and how urgent situations should be handled. And like, don't be in a career or on a field where you're you are going to be rude, where you are going to be non understanding to people who are clearly in emergency and distress. Not everyone is going to sound all super perfect and super calm in an emergency. And a matter of fact, most people don't. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't understand that, then you need to get more training or, or exit and transition from that field. And so. You know, it just seemed like she wanted that. It seemed like the dispatch um, person wanted um, that, that 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 woman to like talk to in a super calm manner and a super organized manner. And because she wasn't doing it in the exact way she wanted, um, she the, the, the dispatch woman got an attitude. Right? Mm -hmm. She was cold. She was um, not empathetic. She was not sympathetic. Um, and it's and, and that's a tough situation because that's the last uh, place that you want to feel unsupported um, is when you're making that call to dispatch so um i you know i hope that that the dispatch woman um you know really was able to re-listen to that experience um and and you know make some changes based off that but um yeah it, that, that's just inexcusable Absolutely. um and i think that you know it it becomes a it becomes a thing thing where you also have to pay attention to um what what the woman who, who what you know richard sherman's wife i i guess like was was saying in, in the sense of hey let me just let you know this is a black man um he is richard sherman so he's a notable black man in sports mm -hmm. so you know and he's talking about wrestling the police um, and what we know is that, you know, black people don't get the same luxury of, you know, their interactions with police as, as white folks do. Um, and, and, and so it was great that she warned the, dis, the dispatch um, a woman ab about that situation. Um, but we, we really sort of want to talk about very briefly, like, why that's so important, because, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, we're, we, we're going to get into something called our, our light. Gross. And that is where we actually criticize someone or something in society. Um, and we try to do it with love, but sometimes um, there, there ain't no love. And mm -hmm. um, this and this dispatch call actually sort of relates to our light roast because our light roast is about the, the, this white woman who was harassing a black woman in a Victoria's Secret store. But, um, you know, the 
when the black woman actually started recording the white woman, the white woman uh, used used her tears. Now, uh, you know, it's a, to try to create sympathy around her. So we're going to get to why that's problematic. But I want to stay with the Richard Sherman thing, um, because there was also recently a black woman in a Walmart who was. Um, assaulted by a police officer. Um, the police, you know, allegedly were trying to break up a, a fight, but the black woman, the black women that they actually um, were tried to handcuff and, and, you know, restrain, they were saying, hey, these women had threatened us. We were trying, and we were trying to make sure that, like, we were safe, safe. We're, we're just trying to make sure we're together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, th the story goes, they, um, they were sort of going back and forth with the officers. Um, the black woman attempted to bite the officer and the officer punched this, punched the black woman out. And the black woman actually was a, was allegedly um, a month pregnant. Um, and so we see that there's a mishandling of, of black people um, when it comes to police officers that, you know, does not happen with white folks. I've seen, I've seen stories of white, white men literally being on a, being on a craze, killing mad white people, running up the cops naked, attacking cops and, and still being able to, you know, get restrained in a, in a proper manner without yeah. being hurt or sustaining any injuries. Right. But you have a pregnant black woman who's half your size that you feel like you have to punch out because she attempted to bite you mm -hmm. um, because, and because she feels unsafe. Yeah. Right. And so, I think those types of narratives come up, come up a lot. And I think that it's important that we recognize that, like, like you said, T, um, there's still, even, even when we talk about the interactions, the dispatch, that there's something that, that, you know, black people still don't get, a luxury black people still don't get that we have to understand. Yeah. Um, and now, but I, I do want to say in terms of our light, light roast, I don't think that a lot of people understand, you know, what white tears do and what that means. Um, and so if we, I, I want to talk to white women, especially, um, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to express yourself, but you have to realize that over history, um, white women have used their fear, their sense of being sad or feeling or saying that they're in danger to, uh, to criminalize, uh, black people. Um, and when black people are criminalized, criminalized that's usually when violence is incited upon them by by white folks and that and and, and not only is it incited up, upon them um it is it is seen as justifiable because a white woman has cried mm -hmm. um you know in, in the south white women were actually looked at as pedestals in the south and it was done intentionally to justify violence against black men and women mm -hmm. um and so i think that white women don't necessarily understand that when you cry because you feel like a black person hurt your feelings or or a black person is holding you accountable for for uh, racism um you were actually putting that black person in danger even though you feel like you're in danger you're actually putting that black person in danger because we still have to understand that black people are still looked at as less than as more dangerous as inferior um as not human and when you when you cry when your tears are actually weapons and it's actually a, a calling card to white folks who want to incite violence on black people anyway, yeah. we're looking for an excuse anyway. Um, and so I, I, and so I think that it's important for people to break, break that, to, to break that down for people. Cause I think there's some well-intentioned white women who just don't understand the history of what white tears can do um, in terms of decimating black communities. Um, and so that I, I, that's something that I wanted to sort of get to the people. But see, what, what's your reaction, not only to this white woman starting trying to, like, become the victim when she starts getting recorded, but also the, the mishandling that that officer had of that black woman in the Walmart? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really just enjoy um, how you were able to really break that down and really tie some history into that. Right. And it's like informally white women know that their tears have that power that destructive power um, and maybe that they're not consciously choosing to like have this attack someone, but they know that like they're going to get their way if they're able to convince them through like that emotion that I think when English class, we learned it as like, I think pathos, I think, yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's like, cause it's like logos, ethos, and then it's like pathos um, using, using that emotion. It's like, it's manipulative and it's persuasive and I, I, I think like I'm reading this book. So shout out to uh, Octavia Butler. Um, I'm reading this book called Kindred. And it's about this young black woman that is pulled back into the South. She lives in like 1970 or 19. 
yeah, 76. And she's constantly pulled back into slavery times. And she has to kind of experience this and try to find her way out. And that you talking about the South and the history of the South, it reminds me is like the, oh, 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 one of the white women. Um, she's like the the um, the wife of the the master, and he she like cries, and that forces some of these uh, enslaved people to be sold or their children's people to be like the the children of uh, one of the women she doesn't like to be sold, right? So it's like that that's a way we can think about weaponizing, right? Like there's a history of it, even if women didn't have a lot of power in that time period, they had power over black people and black bodies and black lives. I, it pulls me back to thinking about that Walmart incident, right? Like, I, I believe that those black women um, had a problem with they they seemed white, I, the, like by by at least just looking at them. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the race is, but that's that's how race works, right? You look at someone and you make a quick quick assessment. Like, you can tell that these women were black and these women had paler skin. They could have been Caucasian. They could have been maybe Latina. They could have been something, but right, but they passed as white in that moment. Um. And I, I think about how from the jump they're pleading with uh, the officer to show some empathy because the woman is pregnant. She's a month or two pregnant. And they, they continue to remind us like we're in this situation because they they threatened her. They attempted to jump her and she's pregnant. So it's like the way that they're rough, like the, the rough housing and rough handling this black woman. It tells me that they don't care about this black life that's growing inside her. And that 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 is something historical that we've seen. Like not mm-hmm. only did was he punching her, but then at the end he was like he had his knee on her. And there were people that weren't even really involved, but they hear that this other black lady screaming like she's pregnant, get off of her, and they're continuing to do so. And it's like it it draws in these uh, it, it brings that solidarity out. And that I think that that's kind of what I wanted to pull it to Kendrick because it's like there's so many like we're all kind of in the same space, right? And it's like we collectively know like how evil that can be. Right. And it's like, but we're all almost powerless in the same way. It's like the same way that like in this book, someone's being whipped, they're pregnant and they're being whipped. And it's like, they know that there's no real care for these black, these two black lives. And it's like everybody around, like really wants to say something. Somebody wants to jump in, but they, they can't cause then they're put their body on the line. And it's like, so I, I think that 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 is something that really is like very startling to me because we are 300 years beyond that. And we're still chained by the same like entities like we we might be able to voice up a little bit more, but that doesn't change the fundamental outcome. And I think that that's what's kind of scary. So just being able to see that white woman throw a temper tantrum and um though Victoria's Secret when she was the initiator of violence she was the initiator of like the the dispute this actual like altercation she hits the woman and then when the woman is recording her like she has a meltdown and saying like oh you're recording me and then chases the woman around the store saying you're recording me and it's like well this is this is idiotic because you could literally just get off the camera. You could just walk out. You could have went so many other ways. But it's like you're having a meltdown on the ground, rolling around, crying and screaming. And it's like if that was a black woman, as we can use this Walmart example to like juxtapose, like right, like we we see if there was someone that looked like us doing that, it there's not that same grace. And I think that that's really why we want to pair these things up because you got to understand like. People say these things like, oh, like imagine if they were black. But then it's like we don't even have to imagine because we can take these two real world examples that happen 24 hours apart and see how these people are treated. So I, I, I think that like, like, yeah, it's it's disheartening. It's um, it's a double standard, but it's it's nothing that we didn't know. I think it's just proof to explain the things that we all all understand. I think like people are going to listen to this and be like, well, yeah, duh, like Scholar P, duh, T. Shaw. But it's like when we try to make these claims, uh, this is what I learned in academia. It's like when we try to make these claims, people are like, where's your evidence? Where's your where's your sources? Where's how are you going to back this up? And I think looking at examples like this help prove this point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think 
I think to your point, we've already decided that black people are the disturbance, mm-hmm. right? Black people are the disturbance. And so, you know, if, if there, if a black person is quote unquote causing a disturbance out, out in the world, they don't get the sympathy that the white folks get. They don't get that humanity that the other white folks get, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so when you, when we have permanently associated black people as the disturbance, even when we are trying to find peace and protection for ourselves, we're always going to be looked at as the monster and the other. Mm. And so I think that, uh, you know, America has to look at itself and ask, you know, why, why are black people the disturbance? Why do we associate them with, with being the disturbance? And what does that mean, mean for black people as American citizens, if, you know, they can't have if they can't have peace um, when they're trying to have peace, if they're always going to be looked at as the problem, no no matter what the situation or the context is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If if one group of citizens in this case, being white women can, can literally cry and put someone else's life at risk, then we have to, we have to sort of decide as a nation if we're okay with that and and how to challenge that if we're not. So absolutely. um, We're we're telling you here at Bruin Black, we're not okay with that shit. So, you know, we, we got to figure out how to, how to, you know, navigate around that. But, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's just an unfortunate situation all, all the way around. Yeah. And I actually just thought of one more example and I just learned it, learned about this. Um, so on social media, Lake Lanier has been like trending very heavy and it's a, it's a very dangerous, like a lot of people like lose their lives. They get pulled under, there's like undercurrents and different things like that. Um, and I, I looked into the history very recently because people talk about how Lake Lanier is, um, like haunted um, and that, that, that they believe that those are the reasons why like people go missing and different things like that. And I looked into the history and it used to be a town, it used to be a black town that was burned down, like decimated to the ground, kind of like black wall street. And then they flooded over top of it. And guess why it was burned down to the ground. Very similar to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the green, green is a green, Witch, uh Oklahoma, um, they, uh, a, a white woman accused somebody of raping her. And not only did they beat and kill that person, then they took that wrath, that rage, and decimated the whole town. And not, and decimating the town was not enough. They had to literally flood it and turn it into a lake. And now it's like a lake that people go and party at. So like, that tells you how these, these tears have been weaponized over history. And how it fundamentally shapes like the world we live in today, and it's like people don't know that. I had no clue. I I, I couldn't even imagine that was a thing. And yeah, yeah. So I I think that that it, it just kind of ties everything together and shows that like this is a real problem and it has always been a problem. And like we have to figure out a way around it. Uh, absolutely, I can't remember because you know what we actually might have talked about some of that on our July fourth uh, on our episode around July fourth, um, maybe like two weeks ago. Oh yeah, uh, and, and and so it, you know the the a lot of these because and when you look at Tulsa, when you look at all these all these different historical moments. You know, this usually you, these usually start off with some type of false rape allegation claim, um, which probably in some some way, shape, or form is a version of tears being weaponized, um, right? And so, literally, whole communities can be destroyed. Whole whole generations of black people can be destroyed based on these tears. And and now and now, of course, this is more of a micro level that's happening today. But this should be. Um, intolerable it should be inexcusable and it should be unacceptable from a moral and ethical perspective and so we we just have to think a, a lot about that moving forward and like once again it's about how do we want to be remembered as as a nation right do we do we want this on on our, our resume in 2021 or, or or do we want to be able to say hey we did this differently right mm-hmm. um and so you know i hope i hope people sort of think think about that but speaking of moral and ethical uh, quad, uh, quandrums. Um, <laughs> something else has been going crazy um, on, on Black Twitter specifically um, these past couple of days is our 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 man's sorta sometimes uh, Charlotte's very own um, the baby. Uh, recently, he was he he and he filmed this interaction for some reason. But um, recently, two young kids, two young black men came to him trying to sell him candy. They tried to sell it to him for $200 a box. And he, and he made them do the math. He was like, 
all right, well, how much does each bar cost? They were like, you know, five, five. And how much, how many do you have? We have eight, seven, ten. And, and then he was like, well, let's do the math on that. There's no way that's $200. So I'm going to give you about $4, $4 each for, you know, a couple of candy I bars. think $4 combined. Oh, God. Because they were oh, selling God. like, it was like Gushers and uh, Skittles or something. And they were selling them at $2 a pop. So he was like, oh, since y'all was trying to upcharge me, I'm going to buy one from you and one from you. Right, right, right. And and a lot of people are looking at that and, you know, there's there's a sense that, you know, the baby sort of messed up and, and that he didn't give those little kids money. They were just trying to grind. There's a sense that, you know, he shouldn't have recorded the situation because it's, it's a humiliating thing to, to, you know, sort of be embarrassed like that. Um, and some people just think, hey, like you could have taught them that lesson and then still giving them more than four dollars. Like that is almost insulting given your your level of wealth and, and you know how you are you have given back to communities and stuff before, mm-hmm. but like you sort of you sort of like, you know, making these 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 little kids feel bad, humiliating them and then giving them money that someone on that a normal person uh, with much less wealth than you could have given them. Um, but you know what? I'll be devil's advocate here, right? Um, I wouldn't have filmed it. I wouldn't have filmed it. Um, but I, but I think there is something interesting to be said in, you know, not trying to charge people more just because they have more. Now, I think that it's different when you're talking about taxes for the rich or something like that, because that actually benefits everyone in society, um, and that's a whole different conversation. But, just, but if I go to the store. And I make a thousand dollars more than someone that that doesn't mean I I don't want to I don't want a candy bar to be a dollar a dollar for that person and then twenty dollars for me just because I make a thousand dollars more more than that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I so it or like the way I juxtapose it too is like if I got a bunch of friends who are who are um, who are riding with me in my car and you know one makes a lot more than everybody else. I don't want to charge everyone else five dollars and the other one, other person a hundred. Like I, I just I wouldn't want to do that. And really, like, I, really. I I would like not 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 like that because I I just feel like in that instance, like I, I think it's one thing if people don't have the money. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like none of my friends, to my knowledge, uh, are are in a situation where giving me five dollars for gas is going to hurt them. And like. There's, I feel like no one is, no one in your in your friend group makes the exact dollar amount. So it's sort of like, where where do we draw the line? So it's like, you know, if if two people owe me fifteen dollars and one makes a thousand dollars, makes a thousand dollars a month, and one makes eleven hundred dollars a month, do I say, well, even though y'all y'all I borrowed fifteen, even though each of y'all uh, owe me fifteen dollars, now you owe me twenty, now you still owe me fifteen, like. I don't like that type of thing, but, but in, in the baby's case, like, I think he could have, you know, taught them that lesson and either not filmed it or he could have taught that man that lesson and then given them, Hey, like, I'll give you 40, I'll give you 40 each. Yeah. Maybe it, well, it might not be that 200, but I'll give you 40 each. Like keep hustling, keep grinding, but I need you to, I need you to remember this moment. And a matter of fact, I think that it, had he not recorded it, he could have actually used that to be a part of the moment and the warning. Absolutely. And he could have been like, Hey, look, man, I could have clowned y'all and posted this, posted this, and and like sort of you know shown y'all as some scammers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which might have you know fucked up your whole business model moving forward. Mm-hmm. But like I, I'm gonna give y'all forty dollars each. I might even give you a hundred dollars each. But like don't don't do this type of type of thing again. Like just because someone can give you more money, you know, come at it with a little bit more uh, integrity. But like I don't mind blessing y'all either. But like don't don't do that because that that rubs people the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that, you know, yes, you can give them flack for possibly embarrassing the kids. You can give them flack for, like, filming and recording this because I don't know if you even got the kids' permission to really do that in mm-hmm. the first place. Um, and, you know, you can clown them for even giving them $4, $4 total. Like, you you can do that. But but I, I, I'm not in the camp that people with more should always just automatically give more depending – depending on what the situation is. And like I said before, taxing the rich is a completely different thing for me. Tax, like, you know, that's, I, the rich should be taxed because that actually benefits society. But if I, but 
See, it, I was going to say, I might beg to differ. Because my uh, thing is, like, is that not yeah. equity? Is that not equity? Like, I think that, like, okay, think about, like, you're giving your friends a ride. So, say you got a friend that makes $100,000. Say you have a friend that's unemployed. Say you have a friend that's making, like, I don't know, like, uh, he's working a solid job. Like, I don't know, like, let's say $40,000. Like, the person that's making 100000 laying y'all all going to the same place. Y'all need gas. The gas costs $40. That forty dollars is nothing to that hundred thousand dollar nigga, but it it means a lot to that person that might not have a job right now. So I I, I understand in fairness, ideally, like it, when we're talking about equality, like everybody should be pitching the same thing. But in fairness, truly fairness, it's like okay, like throw me what you got, bro. Like because I'm not trying to like really hurt your pockets if you can throw five because. My mans can throw 12 and it really like that $12 can be nothing to him. He probably spent $12 on OnlyFans. He didn't spend $12 on, uh, on drinks. Like he gonna buy, he gonna buy, he gonna buy way more. You just there for the experience. And then he there, he's, he spending big bucks. Like he gonna spend $50 wherever we going. You, you gonna get a water and some fries. Like. In that type of scenario, like if someone's unemployed, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, we should all understand that as friends. And it's like, yeah, you give me what you got. But it's like, if gas costs $10 and the $5 isn't going to hurt the person who makes 40000 and it's not going to hurt the person who makes $100,000, like, because I think, I, I guess, I guess for me, I start looking at trends and patterns. If every time we go, because like, let's say, let's say, you know, um, it's, it's a birthday thing, right? And like, you know, we, we all agreed on a $20 limit <laughs> yeah. and it's secret Santa. And it's like, then I get mad at the person who makes a hundred thousand dollars. It's just like, you got a hundred thousand dollars. You, you should have spent $2,000 on me. I don't care what the rules are. <laughs> or every time we go out, it's like, Oh, Oh, you, you bought, everyone bought a round of drinks. You should, you should be uh, buying five rounds of drinks just because you can. And for me, it's just like it, if we always expect people just because they happen to make more to always contribute more, I think that can start to be a little, that can start to come off as a little bit disingenuous, mm, disingenuous too. I, I feel like, I feel like what would be a better situation is if like, if we all know we should, we should think about the person who has the lowest amount of money and be like, let's do activities that, that like makes that person comfortable so that because it goes back to that conversation we actually had a couple podcasts ago about like um the family the family situation and the woman who went with it went with the family right mm, so in, yeah, in that yeah. case it's like y'all could you know s- someone should have taken care of her mm-hmm. but like y'all also, like y'all could have planned accordingly yeah y'all could have planned accordingly y'all could have done a trip trip where she didn't have to bu- bust her ass like and work work a thousand hours just to afford it. Like y'all mm-hmm. could have done on something that was way more in her range range too. Um, but it's like if every t- like if if I had because I think you and I have had this conversation before. Like if I had a billion dollars, like yes, I'm cool with like doing some stuff every now and again that shows that like yeah, I got this and I'll take care of it. But but if people are always expecting me to do more just because I had more and, and it's like, they do it without gratitude. They just do it with this expectation. Yeah. I and get after that. a while it, that sort of gets like, Oh, well, well, you know, I, let's, we all want to go to Jamaica. Well, well, I'm not, I mean, 20, the 20 of us, none of us are going to pay for our ticket. Actually, you're a billionaire. You should pay for us all the time. We're not going to pay for our food. We're not going to pay for our hotel. We're not going to pay yeah, for anything. Yeah. Cause you're the billionaire. We might all be multimillionaires, but you're the billionaire. And it's just like, all right, dog, like, I would rather do something that y'all asses can afford <laughs> than be the person all the time. And so I think for us, there's a great middle ground. Yeah, There's a great middle ground because it's just like, if I got it, then like a lot of times, like I do want to like stunt with my friends. I do want to do great things for my friends and I might go above and beyond. But I think that that should be a choice that I have and that I make and that I want to do. It can't, it can't be an expectation all the time you know what i'm saying unless that. it's a situation where it's like oh you my family like my kids are never gonna have to worry about it if i got it they they got it my my partner they they never gonna have to worry about it but when my and if my and if my friends need it yeah let's do it but like if we go out i'm not about to get everyone 20 drinks all the time and it's always yeah, gonna be on yeah. me just because i happen to make a lot more than y'all absolutely I'm, you're right because yeah yeah because now I, I think that's definitely over the top i definitely feel that you know what i'm saying and, and, and people and people go broke that way yeah, like look at, absolutely look at 
look at like rapping NBA posses, right? Mm-hmm. You got these motherfucking vultures around you, and it's just like, yeah, I got it. I'm gonna take care of everybody because I got it like that. And it's yeah. just like a lot of these niggas ain't even for you. That's but I true. think that going back to your point, if it's like, oh, my nigga's struggling, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 we all want to do something. We know the nigga. You're struggling it is like oh we got you we got you to, until you're good you know what i'm saying and like maybe you pay me back maybe you don't but like we got you we care about you you yeah. know what i'm saying but but i think with some more casual situations that's for casual situations it's like uh we we gotta watch that because if that becomes a trend in casual situations and not emergencies and not in special moments you know what i'm saying then that's an issue but like if my boy is making a hundred thousand dollars and i'm making a billion dollars and i want to throw him a party, a party, you know, or, or one of my homegirls, she having a bachelor, and like, that's my girl, that's my sis, and I want to, I'm going to do, I'm going to go big, I'm going to go big, and I'm not going to expect nothing in return, because I got it like that, but I, I but I think that, um, and that, in the situation with the baby, it's just like, you can still stun, stun on those little kids a little bit, give, give them a little bit more than four dollars, a piece, and then if you're gonna give them four dollars a piece, don't record that, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, because and I get what you're trying to do, do, but I think the lesson gets lost when people get get embarrassed or humiliated. Because now those, because those, now we all know those kids' faces. Everyone knows they sell candy. Uh, everyone, and then all those other people that they sell to, they they might not even trust the kids yeah, anymore yeah. when they when they're selling them candy. So it's just like the baby. I don't know if you should have recorded that. Maybe maybe even talk about the experience or the lesson, but don't record the kids, brother. I, Absolutely. I don't like that. And before I give my opinion on it, I know the baby actually talked to Complex News. Yes. Um, so I, I'm gonna play just a short clip of that just because he he talks about why he made this decision. I think that that's important to this conversation. So is an important lesson there like when you try to be greedy you'll block your blessing absolutely that's exactly what happened or anytime i buy something from somebody hustling like that like i buy the whole thing especially when it's kids so i give them the opportunity to just make it make sense why you want two hundred dollars right. for this you tell me man i usually charge somebody this for the whole box i'm just gonna charge you two dollars all the way down and i would have looked at them gave them a thousand dollars but i respect they hustle i ain't cuss them out and this and that i gave them knowledge and bought one piece of candy from each of them and closed the door and see, my thing is, it's like with that, if you were saying that you would have gave them a thousand dollars, like if they gave you the right price, if you were already going to give them that money, why couldn't you teach them that lesson, but then give them that money? Because it's like you're not really teaching them no lesson. At least that, that wouldn't teach me a lesson. I don't I don't think so. Like because he's saying like you blocking your blessing, but you never know when that is really coming. Right. So it's like. You just gave me $2 just like everybody else. So uh, the next multimillionaire that I come across, I'm going to try to do the same thing personally because I don't know exactly what you're going to give me, right? And I do think that, like, as kids, like, yeah, they overcharge them. But, like, people do that already. Like, there are I, I watched a show called, uh, oh, what's that show with 2 chains? The most, uh, what is it? The most expensivest things. And it's like, I see white people on that show selling wine for $300,000 and it has like a rock in it or something. And it's like, they're, they're hustling more than them. Like, so it's like, but they valued, they valued their product at this, but value was subjective. They could have said, Oh, we sell these for $5 a pop. So then what if they did the math and it added up to that? You see what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I get what he's saying. I don't think he's a villain like a lot of people painted him out to be. But I think it was corny that he posted it. I think it was corny that he didn't give him no money. Because it's like, I don't I don't know the baby personally. You said that he gives money to the community. But then I look at like rappers like Sauce Walker. Sauce Walker, one of the dudes that got a, a diamond in his face. I think he actually did it before Uzi. Um, and I've seen videos of him. He from Houston a hood nigga he be just in the hood just giving kids just money just just cuz like he came across some little uh some some kids that sold like selling them little football cards for like uh like they high school they was trying to like or i think they was trying to do like a little league football team they were trying to start their own team um because they didn't want to play for the team they played for last year and they was he was like how much you need matter of fact he didn't even care he just pulled out a stack of money and gave it to him he was like here i think this should be enough so it's like, why does it even matter? Like he, sh- and th- my thing is even too, and it's like, and maybe this is just me. It's like the baby, like this is kind of what I'm going back to. It's like money. It's like knowing that the baby probably w- was wearing 
thousand dollars worth of chains. And I, I think people won't call this pocket watching, but it's like your this money is so dispensable to you, but you can't understand how important that is to them. Like a thousand dollars to you, like is nothing. You spend a thousand dollars in a day. You will buy a woman off Instagram a purse to hit. Like, but that thousand dollars to them could really change their life. You don't know what their parents going through. You don't know what like these families is doing. So it's just like when you are in control of that much wealth and you are, you're frivolous with it. I think that like, I think that you have less, to me personally, you have less like investment in what that money is used for. And I, I think that that's controversial. I think a lot of people don't think the baby's wrong. It's like he taught them a lesson. It's his money. He can do with his, with his money. But it's just like, I, I think that when you have so much money, and you do whatever with that money. It's like, how can you pick and choose? I guess because it's your money. But again, it's like, I don't know. I guess my the way I look at money is like, there nobody works that much harder than anybody else to say that they deserve that much more money than these little kids. Like, the baby's not that good of a rapper. The baby hasn't worked that hard in his life to, like, to differentiate them kids when they turn 18 from him. Like, no. He just happened to be the one that made it. Like, I'm sure he put time into his craft and stuff like that. But he talk about how he not that good of a rapper. He talk, he, he, I heard, I heard, I read this thing that was talking about how he, um, he didn't really see himself as a rapper. And we can hear that in his music. Like, so I don't know, man. Like, I just think that it was stingy. I think it's stingy. And I think because people think of money like that is the reason that we're in, in the troubles that we are in the world. Well, and, and I, I like your point, because like on, on one level, it's like people can't do what they, they want to with their money. And at, and at the same time, it's like you like it is like you said, um, we don't know how much that, you know, a thousand dollars would have changed those two kids lives. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I just feel like, you know, I think. I think <laughs> it was on the street wearing wife beaters, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like you could have even just recorded the lesson yeah. and then turn that shit off and then left us to wonder what happened. But I, I, I just think that it, it goes back to what you were saying. Like, what did those kids learn? And I, I feel like it's, it's tough because when you're embarrassed and you're humiliated, lessons don't come through your brain, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm saying, cause it's just like those kids probably would have rather him not giving them any money than giving them $4 at, after you lecture me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, cause you know, I, I, I can't say for sure that they're not going to go and do the exact same thing because now they've been humiliated and embarrassed. And when people do that, they rebel against whatever you say mm-hmm. anyway, or in my mind, they've been humiliated and embarrassed. Cause like, they, they didn't come away with anything. The baby, for all the criticism he's getting, he's still rich. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Doing interviews. Like it, right, he got right. paid for this complex interview, I'm sure. like Right, right. So it's just like, it's it's just interesting to, to think about that. And like, I think it would have been interesting just to hear more so about to, for him to like, if he was going to film the whole situation, which I still don't. I mean, even filming kids, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think if he was going going to film anything, he should have had a more in-depth conversation with the kids. He should have gotten to learn more about, you know, why why they did what they did, ask them like how would this money impact impact their lives, like and just really get a sense of like who they who they were and why they did what they did. And maybe he could have had a really a much more in-depth conversation. And maybe had he gotten to know them just a tad bit more, and I know he's probably busy or whatever, but if he had taken just a few more minutes to get to know exactly what was at the root of that, mm-hmm. then like he might have found out, well, damn, like this money could actually like we maybe our grocery grocery situation ain't looking too yeah. good. Maybe our, our our bills ain't looking too crazy. Like maybe we want to do something special for for our for our, our family. Like and maybe he would have been like, oh damn, like, well look. This ain't really the way to go about it, but I'm I'm a bless y'all today. But y'all gotta promise me, like, you know, be be genuine with people, and people will want to bless you, bless you more. And like that would, and he would have been that would have been a great viral sensation, and he would have been the superhero today. So yeah. I, I I think that you know that's just something that we got that we ha- that we sort of have to think about. Just thinking about how money can change people's lives, and how you don't want to um, be be stingy, and, and thinking about ways to like teach people lessons without humiliating them and, and, and teach people lessons, but still be able to be a blessing towards people if you can. So, um, it, it, you know, that's interesting to think about, but you made a really, really great point. Um, when you were talking about the baby and talking about being frivolous, right. With your finances. And recently you, we had, 
um, billionaires like Richard Branson, mm-hmm. you know, go go to space. And um, there's there's an alleged, um, you know, industry that's that's that's, you know, in the works of space tourism. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, see, I, I want you to go go into this a little bit more um, and, and tell people about someone named Jill Scott Haran um, and, and this famous uh, poet, um, poem, poem called Whitey on the Moon. And, and why that has such great context for this particular topic and conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm realizing how brilliant of a transition it is right now, too, right? Because it's like, think about like the baby, but like times a billion, like or times right, like right. 10, Literally right? Yeah, yeah, like that's how much money they have. And so I want to play this quick clip of uh, Gil Scott Heron's uh poem whitey on the moon so you can really start to understand and contextualize this conversation we're gonna have millions and millions of dollars are continually sent into outer space while we continue to face the same problems here on the ground poem said a rat done bit my sister Nell with whitey on the moon and her face and arms began to swell and whitey's on the moon i can't pay no doctor bills but whitey's on the moon Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know the man just up my rent last night? Because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, and no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me. Because Whitey's on the moon. I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special, to Whitey on the moon. And that was, I think, 40, 50 years ago at this point. And it's so relevant to today. So uh, just like Scholar Pete was talking about, there is now a billionaire space race. So we just had Richard Richard Branson um, go up to space a few days ago, um, was talking about it. There was a whole like little event. Um, But I want you to know that like taxpayers paid for that. I understand it's a private company, but um, I want to say... New Mexico, the taxpayers of New Mexico paid about $220 million to build a space like port. And this was like a futuristic vision to entice Branson's company to come there. So even though these are private companies, it is public funds like our money going to woo these people to bring, you would think, more money back into the state. But it's not coming back to us. And. I really want to point out that it's it's a billionaire space race because it's Jeff Bezos. We we know who Jeff Bezos is. I think he just stepped down as the CEO of Amazon. Jeff Bezos is worth almost one hundred ninety billion dollars, one hundred ninety billion dollars. And he's planning to fly to space on the 20th. Um, And it's a spacecraft created by his own company, Elon Musk, who uh, who has a SpaceX. Uh, He plans on going to space and they're all pushing to create a a tourism, just like Scholar P was talking about um, around space travel. And that really makes us think about like the privilege that they have. Right. Like this is all rooted in privilege and it's not necessarily making the world a better place for most Americans or most people in general is really just like a flex more than anything is a flex. So we're, yeah, I know we were just talking about the baby and his chains and stuff like that, but like, this is even on a different level. Like these aren't even material goods. This is purely just like for giggles, like shits and giggles to me. And it's really the true motivation behind it is to make more money. And I think that that's what really makes me sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just, you know, to, to your point, I think that it's just so interesting because we talk about the money that those little kids that could have changed those little kids lives. And it's mm-hmm. just like, 
you know, there there's some stats on like what it would take to end homelessness, what it would take to give everyone free health care. And it's like it's definitely within these billionaires means to like Absolutely. really solve whole country, a whole country's problem problems. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's just so it's so interesting because let's let's take the moral and ethic, ethical argument out of it. Right. If if you are a billionaire and your goal is to actually make more money, I don't think people realize this, but if you actually because we, we always there's always this conversation that conservatives have about these uh, trickle down policies. Mm-hmm. Right. So give it to the top and it'll trickle down to the bottom. But let's talk about ground up policies. If you actually empower people who have nothing or who have significantly less than you, they actually have more money to stimulate the economy and make your ass richer. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you end homelessness, if you start putting more people in school and giving them more resources, if you start giving people more job trainings, if you if you uh, get rid of BS policies and get people out, out of prisons, if you put more in healthcare, you'll actually be a more uh, educated, more work workforce ready, healthier society that, that will be able to, right that will be able to be your consumers in the future. I was just watching. Uh, Damon John, uh, who's the black guy on Shark Tank um, and the founder of FUBU, For Us By Us, shout out to him. Mm. And he was talking about how the people, 15-year-olds that are on social media right now are going to be his 25-year-old consumer in 10 years. So he's trying to figure out how to, how to empower them and reach them now. Ooh, and billionaires don't even realize that like, if they spend time making the world a better place, they would actually increase the amount of consumers for their businesses, in my mind, because once everyone's good, because I know, like you and I, I'm, I've been taking all sorts of trips. But why? Mm-hmm. I have my health, I have my education. Um, I'm, I, I'm ready for the workforce, so I have money to spend. I have money to blow. I have money yeah. for vacation and traveling. And I've been making somebody a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And and when you give people the opportunity to actually be a full on citizen who's healthy, who's educated, who's mentally well, well you give them a chance to be your consumer because they don't have to worry about their basic needs. And so I I think that billionaires miss that from a, like forget the ethic and moral, moral standpoint, if if that's not what drives you, because I don't think that's what drives most billionaires, but then let's go back to the ethical moral standpoint of it. It's just like, y'all could really be changing people's lives first and then have plenty of money for the rest of your life or the rest of your great, 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 great grandchildren's lives to chill. But y'all are choosing to go to space and, and it's just so interesting to me because I think that this is where you really find out what was performative during the whole George mm-hmm. Floyd stuff and black versus what, what's really genuine. Because it's like if you were really genuine about this, then like you would be taking your money and, and, and uh, changing policies that fuck over black people, marginalized people. Uh, you, you would you would be you would be doing so much more with your money. You would have black consultants and black teams mm-hmm. that really say, "Hey, look, Jeff, this is this is what one of your billions and billions of dollars could do to empower community. the black community." Absolutely. Shit, start in Seattle since you don't pay taxes there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I I think that this this show and and we're not saying that people can't do what they want to with their money, but but what we're saying is. And T, you said this so much, and I and I appreciate this so, that this perspective so much. It's like they have such an excess of money mm-hmm. that they can still go to space <laughs> and help society and have more than enough money for for them to not to know what to do with for their lives, for their children's lives, for their children's 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 lives. But they're choosing this violence of mm-hmm. frivolousness. Like they're choosing to to not only spend money on things that don't ultimately impact anybody, but also saying, hey, look, we're, we could spend $20 billion and maybe even find a way to write it off as a tax credit to end homelessness, but nah, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, love, enjoy. That's, they're literally saying that to a whole society, to a whole country, to a whole planet. I'm good, love, enjoy. Y'all, y'all figure that part out. <laughs> I'm going to go to space. I'm going to go to space, niggas. I'm going to space. Because it was now, a childhood just, dream. Like, and that's that's what made me sick about Richard Branson. He was like, I, I think uh, Elon Musk even tweeted it too. It was like, oh y'all are y'all shitting on people who want to go to space, but like we're we're showing people that their dreams are possible. But whose dreams? Because these little kids' dreams was just to sell some candy so they had some money for for basic needs. Like, so my thing is too, and it's like I I, I really love the point that you made, but it really stuck out to me. You said. Like he's focused on like his next consumers, 
But I think that they look at us more as products than consumers. It's like look, thinking about Facebook. It's like Facebook has turned us into the product. They are still selling our data. They're not, they don't look at us as the consumers. The, the consumers are uh, corporations with more money than us. They're selling us to these corporations. They're selling our hopes and dreams and our bodies to these corporations. So I, I think that like that, that in that sense, it's like they, we lose the ethical and moral like that. It never really, really could exist. And I think that again, that kind of comes down to capitalism is knowing that capitalism really took off when slavery took off, like when chattel slavery became a thing. And it's like, you, you know, that like as a system of exploitation, so when things, when, when capital is the goal and we see that in this space race, like, fuck the people. Like, and it's almost, it's really, I, I really just had a brain blast. I got too excited. So, you know, in like, I, th- I think about like Powerpuff Girls, like Mojo Jojo and stuff, like, right? Or like, like even just like other villains. They want to like blow up the earth. And they're like, I, and I never could really fathom why. They wanted to blow up the earth. And it's like, just for their personal gain. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to space, but the 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 Earth is dying. Y'all see, y'all see the oil, the the ocean is on fire. I, the the ice caps is melting. We running out of polar bears. We running out of rainforest. But deuces, nigga, I'm gonna be on the moon. And that it's like you wasn't even in. I, I saw this uh, on Twitter today. It's like you didn't even make it to space. They said he was in the high sky. Like you didn't even break the orbit. Like <laughs> so. I just think it's like this money can be spent on much better things. Like just like you said, education. I looked it up earlier. It's like education, public education in just the United States is they said underfunded by about one hundred fifty billion dollars. Jeff Bezos is worth over one hundred eighty seven. So it's like he could literally give up most of his fortune and still have at least. 30 something billion dollars if i'm doing the math right about 27 billion dollars like and that's a good life one billion dollars is a a phenomenal life so it's like there is so much that these people can do with their money that could really fundamentally change the earth and make it a sustainable place and make it a place for all but it's like that's not necessarily what they're looking for it's like if we all are gonna go down like i'm gonna go down having the best time i could have and like, I guess y'all just gonna die. And, and it's uh, and that was that's uh, the the consumer and us being the product. That first of all, that that was an incredible point. Thank you. But I, I but but I think secondly too, I I think that like to your point, bro, is like they even if they gave up all that money and they only had eighty some billion dollars left, these these <laughs> these they're young. They're young. They are so young. They're going to get that money back before they die yeah. and then some. Do you think Jeff Bezos is literally is only going to die with $190 billion to his name? Even if he gave up half, more than half of that now. It's like, it's so funny too because it's like, we're taught, you, you were saying how they're, they're like, fuck the earth. I'm going to leave it because it's dying anyway. And it's like, you have the power to save it. Mm-hmm. It's literally in your pocket. It's literally in your wallet right now. <laughs> it's literally, you can, you literally have, you, you have, Billions of people's hopes and dreams in your pocket, and you just looking at it like, "Dang, that that money look good in my pocket." Mm-hmm. Damn, like my kid, like I got a, I got a hundred generations uh, of wealth in my pocket right now, and when I die, I'm gonna have three hundred. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's like and you can't so take none of that with you. That's the and, thing. And, you can't take and, none of that with you. And what's wild is that because of their infrastructure that are set up. Their their gener- their future generations of children are probably going to find a way to tri- to triple quadruple that mm-hmm. wealth that wealth and so even if you gave up every dime you had like you would still you would still you would still die with several hundreds of billions of dollars most of these people like your money can damn near not run out and you're but you're saying this this stuff looks really good um in in my pocket and so it's it's a crazy it's a crazy thing to sort of uh. To, to think about to you and I think you make make some great points there and it's it's very very um fortunate and so you know once again you know people should do what they they want to with their money but I think that from a humanistic standpoint you have the power to make to change because like and, and 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 fuck going to space you can end homelessness and hunger yeah like you think your legacy is good for going to space 
do you know how many Jeff Bezos t-shirts? <laughs> Dog, that's the biggest flex in the world. I, like, do you, if Jeff, Jeff Bezos, if, if Jeff Bezos said, I'm going to pay off, I'm going to give black people reparations. <laughs> if all the billionaires, do you, do you know how I many, I would, I would become boy, a Amazon member. Man. I would get all the primes. There wouldn't be a Pemberton, Pemberton alive after me who wouldn't have Amazon Prime. <laughs> you understand me? These people could, these really, these, these they could really, these motherfuckers can end financial racism. They oh, can pay, they can give they can give reparations back. They can do so many things that they actually put their minds to it. I deliver just, a package a day for them. I'm like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even need them. That like like bump on the media stuff, man. We'll do the podcast in Amazon trucks. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's whatever. Like, but and it's just it's so crazy. And so like you know whatever type of money we end up getting in our lifetimes, if we're ever you know, if we're in a position to impact people's lives, I hope we make better decisions yeah. than just going to space. Because the funny thing is, no matter what, even if they gave up more, because even the uh, the founder of Five Hour Energy, um, he he uses he only uses uh, I think one percent of his wealth. Like he he donates the rest to, to he donates the rest to like impact the world. And like, guess what? He's he makes way less than Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. But this man is—he was, I think, he's worth about four billion, and so he, so he's—he lives on forty million dollars a year, and he's still studying. Oh, he still phenomenal wants life! Like <laughs> he still wants for nothing. He lives on forty million dollars a year. Do you imagine? I don't know. Like, let's say Jeff Bezos makes about, let's say, thirty billion a year, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to live on three hundred million." <laughs> the possibilities. I, so look, yeah. that, I, we need we, a wealth not, cap. We need yeah, a wealth yeah, we, cap. Look, man, because y'all, because because at some point the government needs to step in and be like, no, we got to save lives. We have to actually make the America a better place for everybody, so that we can actually be a number one country. Like we, like we, there's so many things that America could really be the superhero of the of the whole planet. Like we could really save the universe. We could literally America could could you know, Lord, Lord, forgive me, Captain America. Like we we could really be we could be Jesus. America could really be Jesus. The closest thing to Jesus that could exist, but like America can really save save everyone. If we took all the billionaires and all the money, to, I mean, the possibilities are endless. America, people don't even know this. America could actually go to war war with the rest of the world and and win. People, but that's that's another episode. I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> that's another episode. But like, it, it's just wild. So y'all, you know, we we not gonna we not gonna pocket watch too much, but we are gonna say, look, you should pocket watch yourselves. You should you should you should watch yourself. Absolutely. Um, and have a moral compass. And yeah, I, man. Damn. And I know people got they're they're mad about pocket watching, but it's like at some point we we got to watch somebody pockets like cuz otherwise these pockets get a little too big cuz I'm sorry 190 billion dollars is too much. It's yeah, too much. Yeah. You you'll be okay without it for sure. Um so yeah, that's that's all. That's all. So um uh, but you know, the people that we should we we gotta we gotta celebrate people just like you know we're we're holding some people accountable and that happens with our spotlight and so for those of you who don't know our spotlight is when we uh, show love um, to people in society that, that's done something good um, we you know we start off with the light roast but we gotta end it with love um, and you know this today we want to uh, give a special shout out to the black queen that has been trending yes. um, and who who won the spelling bee and her her name is Miss. Uh, Zaila um, Avangard, and she and she is um, she's getting a lot of of fame and acclaim from winning. Uh, was it which which spelling bee did she win? Was it a national? Was it a world spelling? I think bee? Yeah, the the national one. Yeah, yeah. So the first I, uh, black black woman or black person to win, I believe, the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Yes, yes. I saw I saw a post that said um, uh, Zaila and and. Uh, and um, uh, Lil Webby were the people who really put black people on with spelling. Um, <laughs> the greatest spellers. E P E N D E N T. Yes, I know what that means. means. Yeah. All right. All right. That's that's all. I'm I'm gonna retire. Um, <laughs> but we we gotta give a special shout out to her. And then uh, for for our af- for our athletes, um, shout out shout out to the to the, uh, the the women athletes who have been on our show. Shout out to Kendall. Um, um, for those of you who you know are 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 watching sports and are in the sports world, we got Space Jam coming out on on Friday. Gang, um, gang. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our our girls, Candace Parker. Um, is going to be the first woman to grace an NBA 2K co- video game cover. Yes. Um, and, you know, she 
was, and you, she appreciated that moment. Um, but she also, but she was also saying, "Hey, look, I mean, this is good. I mean, I guess better late than never, but never late is better." To quote, to quote, Mr., to, to quote Aubrey. Um, so Ooh. this, this, you know, this should have happened a while ago. The WNBA has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know, representation has Matters. been important has been important before 2020 and before 2021. And so um, I'm glad that companies are sort of, sort of starting to kind of get it, but um, I've, y'all got some, y'all got us, y'all got some catching up to do. Um, and this shouldn't, and th- this should be a lot more representation of, uh, of our women athletes, whether it be in the NBA or, or, or softball or whatever, or whatever uh, sports that, that, you know, women are, are occupying. Y'all, there's a lot of catching up that y'all need to do. So y'all need to be running a little bit faster and y'all space needs to be going up, up a little bit more. Um, but we are so very proud of Candace Parker. Uh, so deserving. Um, but, but like we, we've, but like she has said herself, like she's not the only woman who's been doing great things in the sports world. So um, y'all need to, you know, sports world athletics, video games, corporations, y'all need to catch up. Absolutely. And that reminds me that Zayla uh, Avangar is also a Guinness World Record holder. She holds three records when it comes to dribbling basketballs and juggling basketballs and different things like that. So shout out to her. She is also a bas- basketball prodigy. She might be the next Candace Parker while we talking. Ooh, um, so, ooh. so watch out for her. She's versatile, multi-talented. But yeah, shout out to Candace Parker, one of my first crushes ever. Um, I I grew up watching her like play basketball. I remember watching her play at Tennessee. Um, and I used to just like watch ESPN, um, you know, in high school before going to school and stuff. And I would see a lot of her highlights. She was one of the first women I've ever seen dunk. Um, so it's just like she continues to like a trailblaze for women in women's sports. And I think that that's amazing. I think that it is. Yeah, it's it's uh like past time. Right. Like we definitely should have had one. But women just got on 2K in general like they like you can just now start playing with women in the game and it's still not it hasn't progressed too far like you can play like a pickup game with the women but like you can't do like a a real season mode like you can't make trades and stuff like that like so there is there's so much that needs to further develop but i think that we are on the right track and i think yeah it's late but like as long as there's a true commitment to it and, and doing it and it's not just like lip service and just doing it just to do it like y'all really mean it y'all really want to uh make it more inclusive uh like i I know that they were talking about on 2k like having my players as a women and you can do like a my player that goes to the wnba because there's a whole storyline about how your dude had a a dad and he passed away and he was an nba great and now you you going to the nba they got a whole storyline but you don't have an inclusion for for women uh, having a women character because i would be cooking I'd be on like the Las Vegas Aces. So, so much more to come, but I think that it's a great step. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to the progress. Um, and yeah, man, look, today was a, was a good episode, man. We, we got into the thick of it, absolutely. Um, had some laughs, um, but it, it's, 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 it's going, man. I mean, there's, there's just so much going on in the world. And, and like you said, I, I sort of felt that too. Like we missed y'all. We missed being able to talk about some of the crazy stuff going on in the world. Cause there was definitely some crazy stuff going on in the world. Um, but we're, we're going to be coming back right at, right at you. My birthday is next week. So the next time y'all hear my voice, I will be the tender age of 28. Hey. Oh my God. Oh my God! I might have to do some birthday reflections because, good Lord, it is twenty-seven. Oh, damn, I'm was excited! A, I'm excited! Golly, yeah! Look, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a good spot, but Lord, was it a journey? Golly! <laughs> uh, but look, man, uh, look, see, do you have anything else for the people? Because I, uh, I think we gave it to them. Yeah, today. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. look, take us out, brother. Absolutely. So, like we like to say, keep the coffee. Black. And we like our podcast like we like our women. Black. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank y'all for rocking with us. It was a nice hour and 10 minutes. And we will see y'all next week for Scholar P. Birthday. All right, y'all. Peace.